Hello and welcome to the Mass Effect episode number four. Uh, thank you everybody out there who has been supporting the podcast. It's been amazing. The feedback's been absolutely sensational and we really appreciate it. You can uh, follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or uh, also if you don't mind when you're jumping on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, give us a rating as well. It helps to uh, build our audience and obviously get our name out there a bit more. So all right, well episode four, here we are. So I'm Super pumped about this one, to be honest. Um, ever since the the moment I decided I want to do a podcast, I knew I had to get this guy on. Um, we have uh, we have a bit of a history um, of uh, knowing each other for quite a number of years. Um, he's a former NRL player, uh, professional boxer, and now healer. Um, he's a proud Aboriginal man, and he's sitting on the other end of this microphone. G'day, Joe Williams. Hey, champion. How are you? Good, mate. Good, good. Welcome to the Mass Effect. Good, good, to be, good to be part of it. Yeah. It's, uh, I remember when you were st- first started to talk about it. So uh, it's good to see it and follow it, follow it along and, you know, uh, see the other people that you've been getting involved and, you yeah. know, it's, it's good to be in- involved having a chat. It's awesome. I think, like, um, I really wanted to make this about Dubbo and the, and the Central West. So, um, you know, we'd love to expand one day. But right now we've got such a, an array of great people who are doing great things. So, and you're one of them, mate. So... Well, all right. Well, let's go back. To, let's go back in time. So, I grew up in Tumut, and you were a Wagga boy. So, um, we first probably met on the footy field, I believe. <laughs> so, um, probably I was, chasing around a little cheeky halfback trying to, oh, man. <laughs> trying I, to rip my head off. For you. <laughs> I, I tell you what. I tell you what. I was. Um, you, you're, you were very talented from day one, mate. I, I believe that. Um, uh, I was, I'm a couple of years older than you and I remember playing against you, uh, but you were always playing upgrades, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Um, I guess for different reasons. Um, you know, my, my journey of footy has been well documented. Um, you know, I, I was signed by an NRL club at a, at a really young age. I was only 13 year old when I signed my first scholarship contract. Arthur Beetson got, got me to go to the Roosters. Yep. Um, but 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 a lot of people don't realise that 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 why I played up at, yep. at, at a young age probably wasn't because of my abilities. You know, yep. it, it was you know it, the fact that I could handle it yeah. was, had a lot to do with my abilities, obviously. But um, what a lot of people don't realise is that uh, there was some fairly uh, well documented media stuff at the time. Uh, and obviously on the back of, uh, um, you know, signing an NRL contract and yep. as a young fan and stuff. But, man, I, I was fairly heavily targeted yep. as far as not not by players because I was playing against guys my own age. If yeah. I could play against guys that were, you know, three and four years older than me, playing against guys at my own age wasn't an issue. Yeah. Um, but as far as I, – I, I got a, pretty of a, a bit of a rough rough end of the stick from, from referees, from – from yeah, other right. coaches, um, some racial abuse. Yep. Um, to the point where it really affected me and, you know, I was getting fairly severe migraine headaches. And yep. And I, got, I remember I got suspended. Uh, I, like, I got suspended for six weeks for a, a, a sling tackle, they called it. So yeah. I grabbed a guy by the jersey yep. and slung him to the ground. Yep, yep. Uh, and I got six weeks suspension over it. They yeah, literally right. just tried to push me out of the game. Yeah, wow. Um, and mum and dad said, well... If, if this is what's going to happen as yeah. in playing in the juniors, well, if he's good enough to play against the seniors, well, 
pull me up. Put him up. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I played. I played uh, in the under 18s comp as a as a just a, a fresh thirteen year old. Yeah, yeah. Playing for the the mighty Wagga Magpies. I am. Um, I'm going to step in there because we talked <laughs> about this prior. Okay, so I I played in Tumut and I think this particular year we didn't have an under 18s team. So I went and played for the Adelong Batlow Bears, who are no longer unfortunately. Uh, and a few of my mates from Tumut, they they made the journey across to Gundigai. And Joe played for Magpies, and Magpies and Gundagai took on each other in that year's under-18 grand final. Uh, and Joe... They give it to us all year, too. Oh, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And and unfortunately for me, I, I probably chose the wrong club to go to because I would have been, would have loved to have been playing in grand finals. Obviously, you don't get that opportunity very often. Um, anyway, Joe, I went to the grand final to watch my mates, of course, playing for Gundagai, and... Joe broke their hearts, literally, <laughs> literally, as a as like a thirteen year old kid, and he a cheeky thirteen year old oh, kid. <laughs> oh. So we talked just before we we reminisced, and um, I believe Gundy guy was up by two points, and uh, scrum he- a scrum feed against the head, which is unheard of. And Joe's at halfback, and he beat a couple. Oh, was of it five eight? Oh, five eight. James James Evans. Oh, uh, was it? Yeah, was it halfback? Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. James is obviously that age, so yeah. he was in that in that category. And Joe beat a couple and scored, uh, and then slaughtered the winning goal, but he gave the crowd the burst. <laughs> <laughs> At 13 years old, the audacity of this young man, he was – and obviously, if you know country rugby league, which a lot of people around here do, mate, the local teams, they give it to you, don't they? Like, the, the crowd is worse than actually running on. Mate, it's – um, the cr- <laughs> and and look, let, let's have a look at the time as well. Is, yeah. it, is it – there was a – there was a stack load of racism. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, and Gundagai is a small sort of – Country yeah. town, country town, um, yeah, yeah, and you know there was there was some obscenities being thrown. Yeah, you know, so you were obviously right upset. So, yeah, well, not not even. I, I didn't care. It wasn't nah. that I was upset. Like, yeah, yeah, I, you know, it gets under your skin when you yeah. hear racial racial remarks and so forth. But it wasn't about me being upset at them. Yeah. It was just about me rubbing it in, rubbing it in. Yeah, um, yeah, which I, is which is sport. That's we, sport. Uh, yeah, we we were down by two points. Yeah. Um, we won the scrum against the feed. It got flung out to me standing at five eight. Uh, I was lucky enough to step through and score uh, next to the post, and yep. you know the boys just erupted, obviously, yeah, um, because we'd never beaten Gundagai all year. Yeah, yeah, they were they were the favourites. Um, I kicked the goal, and then <laughs> yeah, as you said, uh, I, I oh, give get, a bit of cheek. It, it, it gets crown. it gets better, doesn't it? Because <laughs> the next year, Joe, he goes to Gundagai. So obviously, you know, we travel. Obviously, got home and away games, so he goes to Gundagai. Um, and he goes to the canteen. And, uh, Joe, what happened at the canteen? Uh, and, and again, like, obviously, footy, 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 you know, in the, in the bush, people, people in the bush love their footy and take it a bit serious at times. You know, footy's life to a lot of, to a lot of communities. But, um, uh, so the next year I was, we, we moved from Planet Magpies across to Turvey Park. We yep. went over to Turvey Park and I was playing first grade at this point. Yeah. Um, the next year as a 14 year old and and i went to the to the uh the canine earlier in the day uh with my mum because i'm 14 year old yeah kid, yeah and he playing for this guy um so i i go up and i i order you know whatever whatever else i order i can't remember what i was what i tried to order but the lady looked me dead in the eye <laughs> and she looked at me and then she looked at my mum and 
my mum, I've got dark skin as an Aboriginal man. My mum's got light skin. Yeah. Right? yeah. So she looks at me, then looks at my mum and says, there is no way that I'm going to serve him. <laughs> oh, no. And my mum said, you'll serve him as my son before you serve me or I'll rip you across this bloody counter. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. It's, uh, yeah. yeah the footy, you know, and then even later, I think it was later in that year, yep. um, I, I got I got sent off later. You know, in, in the semi-final it was I got yeah. sent against Harden. Yeah, right. Um, uh, I, I hit a guy a little bit high. Yeah, uh, who's actually the local detective. Oops. As a fourteen-year-old kid, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you know, again the Gundy guy crowd were giving it to me. Oh, um, yeah. So I walked up onto the hill and yeah. Uh, had a few choice words to a couple of the men uh, on the hill. Uh, but, you know, it's, thankfully those days are, are long gone, mate. Yeah, I mean, look, I guess at the end of the day, I played as well. And, and when you're in the moment, you, you get a little bit passionate. That's what that's what the sport's all about. I mean, you you take you take the wins with the losses. And obviously when you're getting a bit of, a bit of cheek, like it's you, you kind of want to give a bit back too, so. Well, I was caught between two worlds. Yeah. As, as, a, as a 14-year-old, I go to school every day. Yep. And, you know, I'm taught and told what to do as a 14-year-old kid. You know, in in year eight or year nine or something at, at school, yeah. And then I'm as a an adult playing against men the weekend, so I've got to be treated like an adult. You know? Yeah. So, um, I was juggling between the two worlds, and yeah, um, yeah, it was it was good times. So yeah. I have not thought of that. I had <laughs> not I thought of that, and for, yeah. you know, for so many years. Yeah. Actually, I want to give a shout out to a couple of those Tumut boys, especially the Roddy brothers, because um, I think that they were probably one of the guys that you stepped, mate. So. Pete, I think it was Pete Roddy. Peter Pete Roddy, Roddy yeah. was was he, he was, was the five eight. Five eight. Yeah, yeah, he was the five eight. And, um, yeah, it was just. I don't know if it was my step or, or he went the wrong way. I'll just say, oh, you know, yeah. it's one of those things I, I'm sure. I, I'm lucky to slide past him. I'm sure if Pete listens, he, um, he'll he be reminiscing in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, they give it to me, those guns. Oh, boys, wow. Don't worry. So, look, mate, so rugby league, all right? So we... We've we've gone over a little bit about your you know the, the, how it started and, and and the career that you started to develop. So, what happened then? So you obviously um you know you started to you were obviously a great a good player um and you were were scouted and 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 obviously like you know you're playing upgrades and things like that. So obviously you had quite a bit of talent. Um, so let's let's progress a bit further and talk about how how that panned out for you and how you got into um I guess your first NRL contract. Yeah, well. It was at the age of 13, um, the great Arthur Beetson came down and, and, you know, there was a few clubs knocking on our door and, and out of all the clubs that knocked on our door, mum and dad said, because dad played in the Winfield Cup, yeah. which, you know, later be named as the NRL. Um, funny that we're talking about it. We're on a, a uh, health nutrition podcast and we're talking Winfield about Cup. Winfield Cup as a yeah. smoke label. Wasn't it? As yeah. a major sponsor. Major um, sponsor. <laughs> but, um, you know, Beto came in and, and out of all the clubs that, that mum and dad spoke to, uh, mum and dad the insight and the smarts, which I thank them for so much to, to this day, said, we don't care about the money that you promise our boy. What we care about is his education. Yeah. And the club, it, it changed the conversation from how much money we, they can give me yep. to how much, uh, you know, who, who gives him the best education. Yep. Yep. More or less, mum and dad said, whoever gives my boy the best education is going to get him. So um, I was lucky that in my first contract as a 13-year-old kid, Paid for my entire schooling. Yeah, that's um, awesome. You know, from yeah. year seven through to year twelve. Yeah, so you you um, got, you, you got the you're lucky. You got the ability to stay in Wagga, didn't you? Really, stay in Wagga because yeah. mum and dad said there's no point you going down. No, no, there's no point you going down to Sydney. Yeah, to play against other kids in yeah. Sydney when 
the bush competition is just as good yeah. as the kids' competition. But then when I progressed through to the the older ages, so I was playing fourteen. I was playing first grade at fourteen. Yeah. Um, I was playing against men. Yeah. So so why would you send me down to Sydney yep. to play against kids? Yeah. And be you know away from home, be homesick, and yeah. you know lose interest in footy that way as, as right. a lot of young Aboriginal fellas do. Yeah. Um. So mum and dad kept me home, and you know I I, I played. You know, three seasons of first grade yep. before I moved down to Sydney. Um, but it, but looking back at my journey, um, yeah. and it's well documented that that I speak quite openly about concussions and head trauma, you and yeah. um, you know what it's done for my mental health and the, the you know the the suicidal ideation that I've that I've encountered throughout my life yep. um, on the back of my first concussion. Yeah. Um, Whilst it was, we thought it was good at the time playing against men. I probably got a hell of a lot of head and knocks around the head. You know, yeah. like the old initiation test of if he's good enough to be out here, or if he's old enough to be out here, let's see if he's good enough good and enough, tough yeah. enough to handle it. You yeah, know, exactly. so, um, and as a halfback, you don't get no favours um, no. back in those days. Yeah. Um, so uh, I copped a fair, you know, late shots, high shots, yeah. uh, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. but it was all part of footy, wasn't it? It and, was. And yeah. It's what we do and why we love it and um, continue um, to to love and support it these days. Yeah, I mean the big the big men kind of uh, you know they they get hit hard, but as a as a as a halfback, so most of the time you're giving up your back a fair bit, and you know you're sort of in vulnerable positions. And like you said, Joe is. You know, these older older guys are like, oh, well, this kid thinks he can play. Let's see, let's see, let's see how tough he is. A lot, a lot of research around as well is it, it. It's not only about getting direct blows on the head. Yep. It's the the deceleration um, oh. that happens with within the head or the movement when you know your head gets jolted back and forwards. Yep. Is that is that if you've seen the movie Concussion, it's like a golf ball sitting inside a glass jar yeah. with some fluid in there. And, and that's where your brain gets rattled around and that's where the damage gets done, yeah. not the impact to the head, the yeah. impact of the brain hitting against the yeah, skull. Yeah, against the skull. Um, it, yeah, well, the brain the brain is floating in there. The skull's there yeah. to protect it. So, yeah. obviously, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, and you, you combine that over you know, many years as, as rugby league. And, and yeah. again, like when I started talking about this sort of stuff and we're probably, you know, jumping forward a little bit. No, but that's okay. that was, you know... Back in 2014, 2015, I started yeah. to have conversations around this stuff. Everyone denied yeah. that it was actual, you know, happening, um, that, yeah. that it was a thing. And now I'm, I'm doing regular podcasts about yeah. concussions and head traumas. And, yeah. um, you know, there's there's scientific evidence now that, that says that concussions and head trauma causes damage to the brain, which develops CTE later in life and, yeah. you know, is, is, has impacts on, on people's death. Yeah, so... Let's 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 have a little look at that then, Joe. Because like obviously the concussions started, you know, they started coming, um, and and again, it's not just uh, direct head blows. No. So when you're making tackles, tackles against yeah. big blokes, yeah. as a little fella, yeah, it doesn't again, mean it's it's like a, a mini minor hitting a Mack yeah. truck. Yeah, so like it's, it's going to be damaged. It doesn't necessarily mean you're laying there every game can like, not getting out. concussed. Yeah, no. that's right. No. It just means that your your body was on the line. Your head was in different positions and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. So just the effect of that. And the damage that of the brain takes on yeah. when it's being rattled around inside that skull. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, you know, and, and that kind of leads into, you know, the direction your life took you in after that because obviously um, that's when you, you started thinking a little bit differently, didn't you? You started thinking, yeah, um, you know, you started having some 
some uh, voices in your head. You, we, that's what you. That's how you. Talk that's how about I describe it. it. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. um and and again, I haven't been diagnosed with, you know, a um you know schizophrenia or anything like that. You know, with where people talk about having actual voices inside their head. Yeah. Um, I describe the voices is my inner dialogue that. Yeah anyone has everyone has not anyone everyone it's, has it's like self-talk isn't it it's yeah. self-talk yeah. it's exactly what it is yeah. except the self-talk that started for me and if anyone knows what it's like to have a concussion uh planted some real insecurities inside my head okay it started talking to me in an extremely negative manner and started telling me that i was no good that i was worthless and yeah. that i should end my life yeah well. you know i've had that that negative self-talk Every single day since the age of thirteen, yeah, you know, I've been lucky to to hold down a, a sporting career over a number of years yeah. in two different sports, yeah. Um, with having this this what I call voice inside my head trying to take me out, yeah. Wow, because I mean, like you know, people would look at you from the outside and go, "Wow, Joe, Joe's a successful man," and you know, and that's and that's exactly what 99 of people would think. We always allow the one percent, of course, um, but you know, like it's it's. You it's know, what everyone thought when yeah, I first come out about it. Like, what could he be depressed about? Well, like he's got he's got the life that we all want to live. All us young kids wanted yeah. to play footy at that level and and things like that. But you know, um, that's not the case at all. It's not, you know. And and the one thing I noticed, I started talking about this back in 2014 when uh, it was documented in the short film The Enemy Within yeah. uh, about my depression, and my suicide attempt, and um, the amount of people that come up to me and said, "You know what, Joe, I." have the same thoughts i just didn't know how to talk about it i didn't know what to say and i didn't want others to judge me um and it, and again we look at we look at the times and and playing in the nrl yep. in 2004 through to 2007 or 8 yep. um it wasn't a time that you come out and say i got voices in my head yeah you well, know? i'm struggling and, and yeah. because like the 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 education around that sort of stuff then was about well, we don't want this young fellow to be a liability. No, you know, no because that's right. you win at all costs, right? Yeah. Um, so I didn't tell anyone. I didn't talk to anyone about it. And what I did for a long time, again, since the age of thirteen, was cover it, mask it, band aid it, do whatever I possibly could yep. to silence what was happening inside my head. Um, and that way came through alcohol and drugs. Yeah. And you know, I, I developed quite a nasty alcohol and drug addiction. Um, and, you know, what we know with the, the chemical hooks of, of, of addiction and yeah. then, you know, disconnection and, and pulling yourself away from talking to people and, and then, again, craving and wanting more alcohol and drugs and the lifestyle that, that came with playing in the NRL. Yeah, so, the boys' club, you were around the boys. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't only about the boys' club and, and, yeah. and the, the profile and the pats on the back. For me... What it did for me, um, that, that, that party lifestyle, is that when I was in second grade, yep. it gave me the, uh, the ego of yep. being a first grader again. Understand. You know? So yeah. instead of putting the hard work on, on the field to, you know, in the training paddock to, be, to, to get picked in the first grade first again, grade. I was worried, you know, my, my, my whole uh, priorities had changed from going to be a, the best rugby league player I possibly could to silencing what was happening inside my head because I was battling mentally and emotionally. Yep, yep. And I'd just take enough drugs to kill a small elephant, yep. you know, and, and it was just, you know, it, was a, it wasn't a really good time. It was, it, was, it was a cycle, yeah. I mean, a cycle you probably struggled to get out of for many it was, years. Yeah. For many years. Um, yeah. 
And it was until a, uh, a conversation, in, in, and, I, and I always quote this conversation, a friend of mine uh, called Chris Ferguson, uh, Fergo, who's a, who's an international photographer. Yep. Um, and he's just moved back um, to Australia from, from spending the last you know, 10 or so years in the US. Yep. Um, conversation with Fergo, who was my right-hand man, partying man. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it, we played touch footy together, and um, and I said, we're, you know, we're in the back of the car, and we're like, I was like, where you been, brother? Yep. I haven't seen you around in ages. And he's like, I got sober. I was like, oh. what, do you, what do you mean you got sober? And he's like, I yeah. never heard anyone be sober in my yeah. life. Yeah, you know, alcohol was so normalized. Yeah, it's so normalized in Australian society. Yeah, um, and he's like, you know, I just don't drink anymore. I don't drink. That was the first time I heard it. And, yeah. and and then, uh, you know, the conversations over that weekend um, and he was like, I said, oh, you know what, when I get back to Sydney, I'm going to get off the drink as well. Yeah. Because he got in my head and he, and, and he, he helped me convince myself yeah. that I had a real issue with it. Yeah. And um, because it was normalised behaviour, I didn't yeah. think that mine was no. that bad, you know, because it, it wasn't problematic for me to the point where, I wouldn't turn up to different things yeah. or, you know, I'd go missing. You know, yeah, I, I had my benders. Yeah. Um, but for me, I was still fairly well-functioning. Yeah, and obviously um, you were fit at the time too. Yeah, so, so um, you know, the, the, the I guess the, the portrayal of what we saw as an alcoholic or an addict is the person that, you know, sits underneath the – underneath the bridge and, and drinks, you know, on yeah. the park bench. You yeah. know, that, that, that stereotypical view um, where I didn't realise that I was a functioning alcoholic and addict. Yeah. And I said, when I get back to Sydney, I'm going to get off it. Yep. And he was like, why don't you get off it now? Yeah. It's and like I, the old <laughs> saying of like, let's start the diet on Monday, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get off it couldn't then. couldn't do it. No, yeah. I couldn't. Um, and then, you know, further conversations. But he planted that seed in my head. Yeah. And further conversations. And, and I went to Alcoholics Anonymous when I got back to Sydney. Oh, you, I, so yeah. you, I've you, been in AA and NA for uh, 16 years. Wow. So you've been – how long have you been sober for now? I've been sober now 15 years in, in December. Yeah, awesome. Uh, on, I've, I've been uh, clean from drugs not, not that long. Yep. Um, I had a, yep. um, a, a misdemeanor yep. uh, where I, I, I smoked a joint. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because, again, the, the conversation of addiction convinces you, right? Yeah. Is that I convinced myself that I needed it for medicinal purposes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. stupid. Like, it's the insanity yeah. of the insanity of an addict. You know, yeah. I talked myself into it. Yeah. Um, I'm like, oh, it's legalised in America. It's, you know, I'm yeah. like, no. be right. Yeah. But, and then my mates go, no, Joe, that's that's drugs. Yeah. You know? Um. So it's it's coming up to I think it's five years yeah, that I haven't yeah. you know I've I've been clean from drugs so yeah um, but again it's it's something that I continue to talk about with people daily yeah and uh, something I I struggle with daily because again we see alcohol and uh, advertising yeah uh, everywhere we go and it's normalised oh, okay. uh, in in communities right across the country yeah hundred percent I mean I I you know I'm not. Uh, I'm not, a, I'm not a drinker as such. Um, I do have a drink every now and then, but I know when I'm dieting for a bodybuilding competition, you know, often my mates will, will want to have a drink and stuff like that. And, you know, saying no to your mates, which you, you would have been in the same position, saying no to the guys you were around at the time, they would have looked at you like, huh? When, when I got sober, I lost so many people I thought my mates. Yeah. yeah. And I lost people who, I, who were my family. Yep. Because 
being sober for me was the priority now. That was a priority, yes. yes. And and that meant that I had to distance myself from anything that that got in the way of that. Yeah. And, and that meant that, you know, I, I remember the conversation and, and this is a pretty cool story. I, yep. I went home and, and I was sober for 10 months and then I busted and, and got on the drink and went on a two-week bender. So you went 10 oh, months? And so you, I went yeah, 10 months yeah, and then yeah. I went, oh, I'm sweet. You know, I might be able to just control it. And then I went I went on a two-week bender. And then I got I got sober again uh, the week before Christmas, going home to um, going home to Wagga, and I said to mum and dad, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to come home if there's any alcohol in the house. And mum and dad said, yeah, sweet, you know, like it's more important to have you home here than alcohol in the house, right? And I get home, I was like, yeah, sweet, I felt comfortable because our house and our our Christmases were parties, man. Yeah. They were parties because we all play guitar, we all yeah. sing, we're all musos, is really, you know. Is there actually anything you can't do, mate? Seriously. <laughs> like, honestly. Uh, my <laughs> missus will tell me I can't clean their house. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Well, God, I, yeah, you probably can't do that. But, but yeah. no, I, I went home that that Christmas and, and, and Dad was like, you know, it's more important to have you home here than have alcohol here. So there'll be no one with alcohol in our house. Yeah. And there'll be... Um, you know, now no alcohol in our house. Um, I get home and dad was rolling drunk for three days. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And he was like, yeah. ah, you know, it's your choice to get off it. If you want to get off it, you get off it. Don't, yeah. don't mean I've got to get off it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I said, put the kids in the car, we're going back to Sydney. Oh, you did? Um, yeah. And I, and I started going out the car and then dad said to me, maybe it's time we have a conversation about me getting off it too. Oh, um, yeah. And, and my dad and I got sober together. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, Sober a week longer. Yep. My dad, uh, Boxing Day, yep. it'll be 15 years as you well. Know, now you talk about your dad, because growing up and I ended up living in Wagga for a number of years, I want to talk about Wilfred a little bit because, <laughs> mate, I can remember, you know, when I first got into the gym, he was he was always training. He had a phenomenal physique. Um, almost looked like a bodybuilder, like 24-7, 365 days a year. He was committed to his training. Um, and he's going – what is he now? Is he, is he 60 now? Yeah, he's 60. He's uh, 60 in a couple of months. Yeah. Um, and, and again, you know, Dad Dad recently come through a bout of, of cancer and, yeah. and, and went chemo and radiation and all that sort of stuff. And he attributes to having the lifestyle and the routine and structure – of going to the gym every day yeah. as, as a massive part of his recovery because, you know, he was at the gym and they were going, oh, Will, you look amazing. You're looking, you've yeah. lost so much weight. And he's like, man, I've uh, got, got cancer. <laughs> I'm having chemo. That's why I'm losing weight. But, yeah. um, and again, a, a credit to the old man because yeah. if, you know, if dad's, dad's um, attitude towards training yeah. um, was push yourself to the absolute limit. Yeah. Mine wasn't. Yeah. If I had the if I had the attitude like my dad had, yeah, when I was playing footy, I would have been a hell of a lot better player. Yeah, um, I'm thankful that although the gene may have missed with me, um, you know, <laughs> as far as but when I was boxing, I was you know, I, I lost twenty odd kilos going yeah. from uh, a, a rugby league player to a boxer. But um, you know, if 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 I miss that attitude, it's it, it's hit my son. Yeah. And I'm thankful that my boy is 15 and he works his backside. Yeah, off. we were talking about that before we jumped on. So Joe, Joe's got five kids. Yep. Um, and uh, his eldest boy, uh, Brody, uh, is a very talented Aussie rules player, yeah? Yeah, he is. Um, you know, I, I sort of 
I don't give him too many raps, <laughs> but um, I could, I could, yeah, I could, I could see you see you going. No, nah, like, but but I, I will say one thing about Brody is that he's got a great attitude. Yeah. Um, and if and if you've got some natural ability, and he, mate, his mum was a national sprinter. Yeah. Okay. You know, and as a touch footy player, she was fantastic as yeah. a, as an athlete. Yeah. Um, and then you know, with with me as a dad, um, you're probably like a racehorse. Yeah, he's got. He, he definitely got a <laughs> he's good got gene pool. He's got he? some. He's got some genes. So. Yeah, I, and bro, he's, he's just like what I'm. Yeah, I, I I just want him to to be a good person. Yeah. Um. You know he yeah. he he works his backside off. Um. You know with his footy and he's a he's a good leader. So he Excellent. leads his leads his teammates and that sort of stuff. But again, I I won't sit here and pump his tyres no, too much. No. He's got he's got plenty of work to do. That's right. Yeah. Um. You know to to achieve his goals and yeah. and you know what the best thing is is that I've loved it that he's. He's trying his absolute best to be an AFL player. Yeah. Because my dad played in the NRL. Yep. I played in the NRL. Can you imagine the the, the, <laughs> the pressure that would have been on him? Oh, absolutely. You no. Know? Yeah. Um, Third generation. Yeah. yeah it's it's just. But again, you know, I've got I've got my other boys that want to be footy players as yeah. well. So yeah. they're, they're going to have that pressure, and and I just try and I don't care what they do with sport. I'd I'd yeah. rather they get a good education and just yeah. be good people. Good, yeah. Hundred um, percent. If I'm honest, um, when it comes to uh, athletic ability it's it's my my eldest daughter yeah that, that probably uh that that she really got a fair few of it as well um yeah. but you know she's she's probably she's a teenage girl yeah. that uh navigating their way through life at the yeah. moment and she's she's almost 14 lives down down sydney with her mum yep. so brody and, and and phoenix live with their mum in sydney and Look, at the end of the day, they're good kids. Yeah, um, that's the most important. That's all. That's all that you yeah. want as a parent. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But you know, <laughs> they can't handle it that their that their dad is in schools all over the country. Oh yeah, right? of course. I'm in schools all over the country, <laughs> and when they get in trouble, I hear about it before they get home. Oh no! Uh, and you know, I've got quite a lot of mates in Sydney still, and they see my kids. Yep. On the train or on the bus, and if they're mucking up with your friends, I know about it, yeah. right? So they're like, oh, "Who told you that, Dad? Where? Yeah. Well, don't matter who told me. You I just make know. sure you do. You know? Yeah. Did you do it? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So no, that, that's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, my then, two kids in in, yeah. in Sydney, and, and three then here in Dubbo, my three yeah. my three little ones here in Dubbo, and yeah. uh, Rome, uh, yeah. my little eight year old. Yeah. He's um, you know, he's his mum's a Dubbo girl, so that's how I ended up end up back in Dubbo. Back in Dubs, yeah. Um, and he just. I've never met a kid so much that just lives, breathes, loves footy. Oh, really? He just <laughs> he loves, loves it. it. Yeah. He loves it. And and he, you know, he spun out a little bit when some some old games, you know, you, you get the yeah. old the footage. The flashback yeah. games. Um you know you're washed up when you're in the old um, you know, magic moment games. But <laughs> um, you know, so he spins out when he sees those sort of things and uh, but again, he you know he just loves his footy, um, yeah. and 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 watches it, and knows all the stats, and yeah, yeah awesome. lives and breathes it, which is yeah. which is cool. And the other two are uh, Ari played soccer yep. uh, for a bit, but then he was ready to have his first game or first year of footy this yep. year, yep. and everything's been canned. Oh, <laughs> so yes. he's filthy. Yes, when when you bring him in here, we often have a little joke because uh, Joe's a Mad Bunnies fan. Um, and I'm a Roosters supporter, so uh, Ari sometimes g- sticks up for me, doesn't he? He, <laughs> he goes, does because he goes for the chookies. His grandfather, um, you know, <laughs> his, his mum's his mum's dad, yeah, he's a he's a he's yep. a mad rooster as well. So yeah, and little, and little Frankie, she's going to be she's probably run her own podcast and stuff. Oh uh, mate, know? she's uh, she's uh, a wildfire, Frankie. <laughs> yeah. I I was told, um, you know, I I've got two daughters that 
two daughters and three boys, and yeah. the girls are just like fire, right? Yep, yep. Uh, and 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 someone changed my perspective on it. They said uh, if you've got daughters that will stick up to their father and stick up to their brothers, yeah. then you've got girls who won't cop no shit off any boy. Yeah, so, that's awesome. You know, I, I, I'm cool with that. Yeah. You know, when I got that that um, that perspective change, and yeah. they're just passionate, and yeah. uh, she's a she's a handful little two year old. <laughs> that's for sure. Often making uh, guest appearances on your Instagram, mate. Oh, mate, they, huh? I get um, you know, when I'm I was on the road, obviously with a lot of the work that I do. Yeah, I, I you can tell when I've been on the road. You know, for a week or two weeks at a time, I get messages. People just write to me, and, and I write back to everyone. Yeah. Everyone who writes to me, I either write back or you know, yeah. I, I let them know that I got the message, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, um, there's times when I'm out on the road, and 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 they'll say, "Can you hurry up and go home? We want to see videos of Ari and Frankie again." <laughs> <laughs> you, you, they almost need a social media I, manager themselves. Well, Ari's got his own page. Yeah, Ari's got his own Instagram page that you know that we. He look after it and yeah you know, he thinks he's a bit cool with that he, so. he loves it yeah oh very good now look so okay so let's let's rewind it back a bit so we talked about you know um your nrl career and we talked about you know, um you know the issues that you had going forward so it was around about was it around about 2007 2008 when um footy sort of became something that you weren't as you know as fired up about anymore i guess and yeah then, 2008 definitely yeah. definitely i yeah. had um you know i struggled I struggled struggled massively with with prescri- prescription drugs. Yeah, okay. Um, again, yeah. it was just push putting my and we look at why I was doing yeah. it. Right. So I was just completely putting my mind out of where I wanted to be. Yeah. Um, footy was was my job and it was a chore and it, you know I, I I was away from it and then you know I I was lucky enough to 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 do probably a little bit earlier than that. So I left footy at the end of two thousand eight, but in the two thousand seven season when I got dropped back to second grade at South. Yeah. Uh, I went and did some training with Johnny Lewis. Yep. Um, Great and man, I, yeah. Yeah. And um, for those who don't uh, know of Johnny Lewis, you know, world champion boxing trainer, Hall of Fame, International Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, just an amazing um, man and motivator. Yeah. Um, you know, when you when you got Johnny in your corner, you feel that you can beat Mike Tyson, you know. Um, but for me, going into a boxing gym just – it taught me different values to my life. It taught me different, uh, definitely how to work different different systems within you know my 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 cardio and um, boxing taught me a mental toughness that I never had as a rugby league player. Yeah, you're in a boxing ring and, and you got someone over there trying to knock your teeth out. You ask yourself some questions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know? And um, you know, boxing taught me how to fight back where I, where I couldn't fight back when I was a league player. Yeah, I had the natural ability. Yeah. Um, as a as a boxer, uh, I had to learn on the job a lot. Although I could hold my hands up a little bit, I was yeah. never um, someone who could you yeah. know stand there and 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 box and be crafty and and have the experience. You yeah. know, it's something you got to learn on the job sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, you you went on to have a, a professional career. Um, Sixteen fights. Sixteen fights. Yeah, yeah. I uh, twelve wins, three losses, and and one draw. Um, yeah, wow. That's sixteen, isn't it? Yeah, I wasn't a mathematician. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah, no. So, mate, again, I was, yeah. I was looked after. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was fighting, I had some, good, I had some good people in my corners. Um, yeah. to make sure that, you know, I was, I, you know, I was always fighting against, you know, guys that weren't weren't in too deep, and yeah. you know, I went in some deep sometimes. So I got beat. Yeah. Um, it's the way it is. You can, there's only one winner. Yeah, uh, exactly. In boxing, sometimes, and yeah. they say, 
with boxing, um, you know, you, you learn more than, you know, when you when you have a loss. Yeah. Um, so it was the old cliche of, you know, you never lose, you only learn. Yeah. Um, and it's only your ego that hurts. Yeah, yeah so, exactly. Um, you know, for me, boxing taught me how to stay alive, mate. Um, and I, I attribute that uh, to so many people in everything that I do and I wrote about it in my book and, um, you know, just the not only punching people in the face or getting punched yep. yourself, but but the discipline of training and, and yeah. not eating rubbish and yeah, yeah, yeah. making weight and, and having yep. to starve yourself for a couple of days yep. um, to get the weight off, to, yeah. to make it, you know, and when I had to get those certain times to, to get down to a certain weight, you know, it, was, uh, it, it builds a discipline in you. Yeah, hundred percent. And and I, like I, we were talking a little bit before we got started about a story, and I remember when you were, you were fighting, you were back in Wagga at the time, and I remember running into you at the supermarket, and you were getting some fish, because <laughs> much like a bodybuilder, <laughs> the old fish and greens, chicken and greens. Yeah. And uh, mate, you were peeled to the bone. I remember you, you dropped some weight. My white God. meat, white meat, and green veg. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. uh, you know, it's <laughs> it's it's a sure way of, of ripping weight off. Yeah. Uh, healthily as well, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I played footy as a as a 80, 82 kilo yep. uh, footy player in yep. the NRL. And then um, I got down and was most comfortable at 63 and a half. So uh, close to 20 kilo that I fought. Yeah. Uh, at a, and I, I even made 61.2. Yeah, one, wow. One time. That's um, insane. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was an experience. Yeah. Um, you probably look back at photos and you're like, who the hell oh, is that? I was like, mate, who is that guy? Yeah. He's crook, you know? And yeah. One one time and a good story about the the Wayne, yeah, because uh, it was the first WBF title that I was I was offered, yeah, um, and it was it was always going to be a tough fight, and I thought I'm not I, I may never get offered an opportunity yep. like this so again, I'm so, I'm not, so I'm not going to say oh I won't I won't make the weight, yeah, and 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 here's me that walking around it, you know, seventy two kilo, yeah, stripping off to get to sixty one, oh. um, and. We're in the sauna all day. My dad, my dad always was in the saunas with me. Yeah. But but when we get out and have a rest, um, you know, he, he had a drink of coke to keep yeah. the sugar up or, or yeah, keep yeah. his waters up. Not you. Um, not me. No. <laughs> so I had to keep. I did anything I took out. Yeah. If I put it back in, I had to take more out. Take you know? more so, out. Yeah. Um, I, we're in the sauna all day, um, on and off. You know, ten minutes yeah. in, ten minutes out, ten minutes in, ten minutes out, sort yeah. of thing. And, you know, weigh yourself every time and oh, yeah. I've got another, you know, 500 grams to make. Oh, I've oh. got another 400 grams to make, you know. Yeah. You know? So yeah. they so they gave us the scales. We do that. We And it's the lightest I've ever made, right? Yeah. And then I cuddled Dad and I go, we did it. Yeah. You know? It was like making weight was the thing, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Get us to the weigh-in. We weigh there. Yeah. Different scales. Uh-oh. Uh, the scales, and you wouldn't think, uh, the scales were 700 grams different. Yeah right. So, you, so were, you, were you overweight? I was seven hundred grams over oh, no. after being in the after being in the sauna yeah. all day. Yeah, I didn't have a single you know thing to get out of me. It was like a sponge. You yeah. squeeze a sponge, you got to get more yeah. water out of yeah, it. Yeah. It was already bone dry. Yeah, there's nothing there. So they said you got two hours oh. to get the weight off, or it's not a title fight. Oh no! So you can fight overweight, yeah. but it's not a title. Oh, so yeah. if you win, you yeah. don't get the title. No good. It's a you know it's it's yeah. a win, but you know you don't get the title. Um, and I said to Dad and my cousin Jason, I said, "What am I going to do?" Yeah. And he's like, and Dad's like, "You can get this. Yeah, you can get the weight, and we'll get it off you." Yeah. 
So luckily they put us in a bus or yeah. a, you know a, a minibus and yeah. a shuttle bus and we went to the closest sauna and lo- thankfully the sauna was a massive big thing. So oh yeah, it you was like a, it was like a ten meter sauna. So yeah. I was I was inside the sauna yep. in a sweatsuit with a jumper on, oh. running back and forwards yeah. and shadow boxing at the end. You know, yeah. so I'd run oh. down the ten meters down one end. 20 punches, yeah. run back down 20 metres the other end, 20 punches, get out, weigh myself. Oh, no. Um, no, we got a little bit more and then we end up getting that, you know, that 700 off or you 750. Yep. Get to the, get to the, uh, get to the weigh-in Uh-oh. and it was 61.2 yeah. is the, is the limit, right? So get to the weigh-in, stand on, like bone dry. I'm nearly, yeah. nearly having to take my undies off yeah. as well. Uh, and, and the looking down at the scales and it's going 61.2. Five, oh. two, five, two, five, and I was like, "Hurry up and call it!" Hurry, and he goes, "No, no, no, that's sixty-one point two. We're sweet." Okay, good. Like, oh. oh, thank God. <laughs> take me, take me to get a drink. Yeah, because obviously, then after you weigh in, you can eat and do whatever you need to do for the next for the, for the bout, can't you? Yeah. yeah so. If I'm honest, that yeah. was probably the worst, the worst rehydration period that I had yeah. in all of my fights because that would have been tough. Oh, I was so like I was just. Gone, mate. Yeah. I couldn't eat. Yeah. I couldn't do anything. So my and because of, you know, muscle memory and, and yeah. the muscle filling back up again. Yeah. And you'd know about the it. For, yeah, yeah, for yeah. for comps and stuff. Um, I usually used to put on about ten kilo. Wow. Um yeah. so um and then when I so at sixty three point five yeah. you'd weigh in and then I'd fight at about seventy two, seventy three the next night. Yeah. Um so and it was just again You've got a sponge. You dry the sponge yeah, out. There's no you, more. Yeah, you, you you to to put it back on. You drip the drip yeah. water into the sponge, and it gets yeah. heavier, right? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I used to fight ten kilos uh, heavier uh, the next night, and um, I, I think, and you'd know about it more as a as a as a lifter. Um, that the years of playing footy and yeah. doing doing a lot of weights, um, my body had. Blow up and that muscle, again, yeah. yeah, a lot of yeah. muscle, yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's difficult because you. I always admire, especially making, or especially fighters making weight, whether it's boxers, MMA, whatever. Because as a bodybuilder, we can, you know, I've struggled to make weight a few times myself, but we can, uh, we can, you know, uh, we only have to get up and pose. You actually got to fight for round <laughs> after round yeah. after round after round. I mean, posing is difficult, and don't get me wrong, it can be quite quite challenging. But I'm not going to pretend that it's harder because it's not. Um, so you know, you'd have to get up, you'd have to get out there. And, you know, you could go the whole distance. And I couldn't imagine the muscle fatigue, the cramping, the dehydration. Like, not only are you depleted as hell and fit, but then you've got to back it up and perform. Yeah, the, the, the thing was is that, that, you know, and there's, it goes – I used to do it a lot in my prep as well. You know, you'd, there, there'd be times when you'd, um, you know, you'd try and make weight a couple of weeks, you know, out from fights and stuff like that. So you test it and then you train with it like that. Yeah, so, a bit of a trial so run. Yeah, so you're always – Conditioned to yeah. it, um, you know. If I'm honest, as a fighter, and many fighters re- relate to this, um, yeah. the last week isn't about the fight. The last week yeah. is just about making weight. Yeah, your body. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You've done just the work. A, you've done the work. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, um, yeah. soon as you make weight, then you got 24 hours just to just to get as much in India yeah. as you can, um, that, and then fill that yeah, tank just up. just yeah. fill it back up. And then yeah. you know, as as when I was fighting, you know, 12 rounders, so it's. If I weighed in at six six p.m. on the Friday night, then yeah. I'd fall, I I wouldn't fight till 
10 p.m. on the Saturday night. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, had, I had a fair bit you of time. A, you had a bit of time, yeah. yeah. Time to rest as well, you yeah, know. Yeah, But more so rest the mind than the body. Yeah, get prepared and obviously get mentally prepared for that. So, all right. So, um, you know, we talked about footy. We talked about boxing. We've talked about, um, you know, some issues that you faced and, and things like that along the way. And then let's talk about now, Joe, because, like, um, now, mate, you're, you're doing so much work for mental health and awareness um, you know, you're, you're, you're really, really advocating the healing factor. And, um, I think that's probably, this is probably the, this is probably the most important thing you've done. Let's be honest. Like aside oh, mate, from everything. I, I tell people that I played sport to pay the bills. Yeah. You know, what, what I'm doing now is the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is your legacy, mate. Yeah. Is, well, yeah. you know, whether you, whether you, I'm not someone who talks in those sort of terms. No, no, no. For me, it's a passion, passion and, and, and a purpose. Yeah. Uh, and, and I enjoy doing it. Yeah. You know, let's be honest that. If if someone's not well, I've got the ability to be able to help them. Yeah. Into it to think differently. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Is that you know when when we're in these uh, tough times, even depression and, and even times of, of suicidal crisis, and even yeah. times who are struggling with addiction. A, a cousin of mine rang me yesterday, um, who's struggling with with addiction, and 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 she's been sober three years. Yeah. She's like. Does it get any easier? I'm like, well, it don't get easier, yeah. but you get stronger, stronger, and yeah, you, and, and 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 you have different coping mechanisms in its place. Yeah. And you know, we just sat there and 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 chatted, and and I got inside her head a little bit and yeah. helped her to think a different way. And yeah. and and a lot of what we do, or, or what a lot of what I do, is just about planting different seeds in yeah. someone's head to yeah. to give them the ability to think a little bit differently, and then. As we know, as as athletes, the the benefits of movement. Yes, it doesn't have to be running a marathon. Just no. just movement. Yeah, um, and healthy foods and nutrition. Yeah. Um, Anything that interests you, really. Like I, I think that any choice around any sort of exercise uh, is. Is you know that the, whatever the person chooses to do, as long as they as long as they do it well, Joe, I think that's the most important thing, and they and they commit to that. So, most um, definitely, mate. And then you know, I've been watching a, a loads of stuff um, yeah. and reading loads of stuff recently um, by a guy called Johan Hari, yeah. um, who's who's a who's a he's a he's a British guy who who's you know, all over the world. Right? Yeah, he does yeah. loads of stuff, and if you can ever get his. Uh, is TED Talk on addiction. Yeah. And so like everything that we know about addiction is wrong. Yeah, right. Um, and, you know, there are obvious chemical hooks and so forth in, in addiction, but they talk about this um, this study, um, which is about, you know, it was done by, you know, some other, other guys um, previous to him that that talks about this thing called Rat Park. Yeah. And they, they, they put these two rats in a cage or put rats in a cage and they put two water bottles, one with water and one that's laced with heroin yep. and cocaine, right? Yep. Um, yep. And then almost every time the rats go and drink the, the one that's laced with drugs and then get to the point where they you know, they, they end up taking themselves out. Yep. And then they looked at it and said, well, all that's all they can do in there is have a look at these water bottles. You know, yep. what if we made it differently? And they, the concept is called Rat Park. So yep. they've made this amusement park yep. uh, for rats, which was, you know, Super engaging, yeah. Um, and then, uh, pretty much the, the the study talks about connection. Um, and when you have a life with meaningful purpose and connection, um, you know you are less likely um, to become addicted to, to yeah. different things. So, yeah. Um, you know, there's the, a, a loads of my work now is around tra- trauma recovery. So yeah. predominantly, uh, I've been for the last five or six years on the road, um, 
working in, in the suicide prevention space. Yeah. Um, now, as an Aboriginal man, if I'm honest, Aboriginal people have the highest suicide rates in the world. Yeah. Um, but Aboriginal people, for the for the majority, aren't aren't dying from mental illness related suicides. They're dying a lot, a hell of a lot from trauma. Trauma. Um, yeah. So a lot a lot of the work now has been focused on on recovery of trauma and. Um, I'm in discussions at the moment about a pilot program that'll be here in Dubbo, yeah. which will keep me here in Dubbo, working with Dubbo kids yeah. about you know improving the lives of young people that are severely affected by trauma. Trauma, um, yeah. And and a lot of the studies show, and 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 we, we, there's more and more work being done around it. Is that we're actually being born with trauma? Like yeah. the, a lot of these kids that that go into you know. Uh, cycle-driven trauma, um, we're being born into these current situations that we have absolutely no no control of yeah. um, because of, you know, certain, you know, behaviours and so forth at home. So it's about just, you know, again, giving kids and, and, and young people and parents different tools to be able to navigate their ways through um, traumatic experiences yeah. because if we see negative behaviours in community – what we look at them as poor behaviours, right, which they are. But if we have a look deeper, negative behaviour is a reaction to trauma. And if we if we have a look at a hell of a lot of things that are happening across the country, and I said it directly to Prime Minister Scott Morrison last year when I won the you know the Australian Mental Health Prize. Yeah, yeah. I said we're spending millions of dollars in community on band aid programs. Yeah. We've got to start having a look what's underneath the band-aid yeah. and start addressing the problem um, instead of just putting a band-aid over. Yep. Um, so, you know, the the program that, that I'll be launching here in the coming uh, months yeah. uh, will be around trauma recovery, um, you know, piloted here in Dubbo uh, for Dubbo youth, um, yep. you know, looking to make um, impact on, you know, sustainably over a number of years. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I think, like, you know, the, the thing here and the thing about us talking today and I, I just you know you you went through some tough times you and and you you know you've, you've come out the other side and the exciting thing is that you because you went through those times now you can you can help other people go through similar things or you can help other, other people to deal with those things and I think that's phenomenal mate because I mean you know one man's one man's reason is another man's excuse do you know what I mean so you you could have easily just you know, uh, retired away, and um, you know, found a, found a decent job and done your own thing or whatever. You know, and 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 but you haven't. You've you want to give back to the community. You want to give back to um to the to yourself and and to your family and to everyone, mate. So I think that's a real a real credit to you. I think like I've always admired you as a man. I admired you as a football player as well, but I admire you more as a man. You know what, Husey, is that it was said to me many years ago when it was noticed about the work that I was always doing stuff for community, always doing stuff for charity, always feeding the homeless, all yep. this sort of stuff, right? Yeah. And, and they said to me, you're always doing this stuff, Joe. Why? And I said, helping people helps me. Yeah. So in my recovery personally, what I've noticed is that everything I've done that has helped me mentally and emotionally and spiritually myself is about helping other people. Yeah. So the more effort and and um, that I put into helping other people throughout their own journey, helping them onto their own path, um, has a positive impact on me. Mate. On you, so, yeah. Um, 
you could probably look at that in a selfish way. But no, I, no, yeah. You know, that that I'm only helping people because it helps me. That's not the case. No, no. It's just that I, I, I realise that the more I do for others, the more impact it has on me yes. uh, spiritually, and mentally stuff, and emotionally yeah. as well yeah. for, me, for me personally. Yeah, which is, which is amazing because, I mean, ultimately, you know, that means that it's going to be your life's work, you know what I mean? It's, it's not something you're just doing here, there and everywhere. It's, it means you're going to be doing it forever. Well, well, again, talking about Johan's work is that we know that humans are wired for connection. Yes, now, definitely. Humans, we're, we're supposed to be – look at my people, yeah. Aboriginal people. We were communal people for thousands of years. Yeah. Now we are the loneliest people on the planet. Yeah. All people, yeah. not 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 just Aboriginal no, people. All, of us. all people are lonely. Yeah. You know, we don't turn to people when we need help. We don't we don't have communal conversations anymore. You know, we we'd rather send an email than than sit down at the park and have a conversation about yeah. things. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the way that the, probably I always say it in in my sessions to to kids is that um, the thing that's supposed to be connecting us most in the world, our phones, yeah. is disconnecting, disconnecting us the most yeah. in the world. Yeah. You know, so again, we're just got to get back to that social, yeah. uh, physical connection. Physical connection, which I mean, you know, it's difficult in the current times. The current of the, times of the social oh, distancing, physical yeah. distancing. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I like to, and, and I saw some people talk about it, I can't remember who it was now, but, yeah. you know, we're not social distancing. We're physically no, distancing. Physical, yeah, correct. Yeah. So it's social the wrong terminology. Yeah, it's yeah. a wrong terminology. So we should be socially connected more than ever now. Yes. And I'm noticing that by doing things like podcasts and doing yeah. Zoom videos and um, everything. So, mate, touching on this whole isolation period, yeah. And I say it everywhere I go is that out of this whole isolation period, I come up with three things. Yeah. It is adapt to the current situation, yep. innovate what you're doing, yep. and then grow. Yeah, 100%. You know, Adapt, innovate, and grow. Yep. And for me, um, this period has been beautiful because I'm at home more with my yeah. kids. I'm physically connected more with them where yeah. I'm away 300-plus days on the road yeah. you know, for the last five years or so yeah. otherwise. Um, so for me, you know... I've taken this as a real positive. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, um, that there's been some people that have gotten gravely ill and lost their lives. Yeah. Um, you know, and I get that and I respect that completely. Um, for me, it's been about finding some positives in it and finding some growth as an individual as well. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't agree with you more, mate. I think um, it's almost like the world. Uh, has got a, has has a, has a has had a big pause button pushed, you know, almost liken it to you know pausing a movie or something like that. And it's like you know this is our opportunity to reconnect, like you just said. Um, and obviously, like uh, quite a few people are finding projects and things like that, and 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 finding new passions. And I think that's that's what's going to come out of this, you know. So, like you said, adapting. Uh, once you adapt, that's when your mind starts to open to other opportunities. Yeah, and and again, you know, getting back to my perspective as an Aboriginal man, we're giving the earth a rest. Yes. You know, the air's cleaner than it has been yeah. um, with no planes in the air. Yeah. Um, with no cars on the road, yeah. um, you know. So, um, you know, there's the, the canals that we speak about over in Italy and so forth have had fish in them for the last, you know, since yeah. the longest people can remember. Yeah. They're seeing the blue sky for the first time in years, many yeah. years, you know, in China and so forth. So, yeah. uh, it's you know, there's there's plenty of positives out of it. Uh, yeah. Or in, under, under a really, really 
difficult and stressful time. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more, mate. Um, I think that uh, we're all, it's either, you know, we need to look at it as a blessing more so than anything else. I mean, like you said, it's, it's, it's the reality is that, it, you know, it is a terrible thing to be happening. Um, but, you know, we have the opportunities to probably, um, you know, reconnect and, and redevelop. And, and, and as a society also, yeah, like you said, there's a lot of people pulling together, mate. Like our community is amazing here in Dubbo. Like a lot of businesses working together now that weren't. Um, a lot of people still reaching out just to check and see if everyone's okay and things like that. I think, you know, it's – it's. Uh, I mean, obviously during this period, a lot of people worried about mental health and stuff like that. Um, but I feel like – I feel like – you know, a lot more people now are, are reaching out and asking if people are okay and checking on family and friends and things like that. If anything, let's hope this heightens the awareness again. Yeah, you know, like there's, there's there's plenty of stuff that'll come out of this that's positive, like uh, heightening our our idea and belief around hygiene. Yes. Uh, you know, having to plan to go to the supermarket yeah. when we're running out of toilet paper, for instance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but, but also, you know, as you said, I... I've noticed a hell of a lot people are buying locally yes. because it's local businesses that are going under. Yeah. Um, but but I notice as well people from the bush stick together. They do. You know, in the city yeah. it's you know, yeah. I hated I lived in the city for ten years and I hated yeah. it because you couldn't say hello to anyone. No, no. Um, or, or people would look the other way if yeah, you're trying you to make know, eye contact or yeah. It's it's one beautiful thing about living out here in the bush, mate. And yeah. that's what that's what you know, Dubbo's such a great community. Yeah. Um, Dubbo's been good to me. It's yeah. um you know, I've called it my home now for the last five years. Yeah. Um and it's been beautiful for me. Yeah, I think I think we just follow each other around, mate. Wagga, Dubbo. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> just, much. Just make sure next, maybe next next time choose coastal and I'll come with you, right? <laughs> That's all right with you. Yeah, mate, I'm a freshwater boy. I can't handle the salt. <laughs> no, nah, fair enough. Mate, I'm, I'm just, and we haven't touched on it, I guess, but yeah. I'm, I'm just super thankful for not only our, our friendship over a lot of years, but the involvement I've had through Mass Nutrition. Um, you know, Mass has been one of my very first sponsors from, yeah. from Ben Kendall down in, yeah, in Wagga, down in Wagga. Wagga. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Ben, ben and, and Sarah looked after me massively, yeah. you know, when I was fighting and, and, you know, gave me gear all the time yeah. and, and, you know, if there was a, a sample that they needed someone to try, yeah. you know, I was the, the guinea pig, you were uh, but, um, mate, and, 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 and he, Mass here in, in yeah. Dubbo well, as well, you've been fact, great. In actual fact, I think, um, you walked in when I probably about I think it was a couple of weeks after I opened and and I was like oh Joe I really should probably I probably should throw you a sponsorship I should look at you mate because you know obviously all the things you're doing and then you moved about a week later to Wagga to Wagga and then, <laughs> and then pretty much I think it was you that gave me the contact yeah. with with Ben down with boys, in yeah. with down in Wagga and then yeah. obviously kept up that conversation but mate yeah mate, mass mass has been fantastic with me um, for a number of years now. Um, and you know it's it's always been great with with not only supplements and so forth yeah. as well, but nutrition advice yeah. and, and just friendship, friendship and connection, mate. Yeah, absolutely. That's the most important stuff. Yeah, and right now you're training for a marathon, yeah? Uh, half marathon half to start marathon. with. Sorry, half. Yeah, half to start so with. Half to Sorry, start with. Um, That's so still twenty one k's, isn't it? Twenty one k. Yeah. yeah. I uh, mate, even as a as a footballer and yeah. as a boxer, I hated running. Yeah. As a bo- as a boxer, you need to do it, and footy yeah. obviously you need to do it, but yeah. in shorter shorter Short spurts, distances, right? Yeah. Um, but I really really enjoyed this prep. Um, yeah. Right. For uh, what they're calling run rona. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. there's, there's two organisations down in Victoria that, that I'm, I'm an ambassador for, yep. uh, the Run Rona, um, which obviously everything got cancelled with, with the coronavirus. Yep. Um, so that's why it's called Run Rona. And um, Clothing the Gap and yep. Spark Health, yep. um, are two fantastic uh, organisations in Victoria that are doing some great stuff around um, – 
the rights to the Aboriginal flag, yeah, which is a yeah. deeper conversation. But yeah, yeah. Um, they're doing great stuff to raise money and awareness around, um, you know, getting back the Aboriginal flag for the people because it's been yeah. uh, sold off um, yeah. to a the, – the rights to the Aboriginal flag has been sold off to a non-Indigenous company okay. um, that uh, won't allow uh, anyone to use the Aboriginal flag for merchandise. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, that sort of stuff. So, yeah. um, you know, there's been number of organisations that get sent cease and desist letters um, if they've got the Aboriginal flag. Yeah, on their that's crazy on their on their apparel. Um, you know, you think but you think to you know Aboriginal knockouts and so yeah, forth. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, you know, people aren't allowed to wear the Aboriginal flag or have the Aboriginal flag on their uniforms without permission of this non-Indigenous company. That's it's, crazy. It is crazy, mate. And and what um, clothing the gap and yep. Spark Health are doing um, is raising you know a great deal of awareness, but education and raising some funds to keep that ca- campaign going yep. around freeing the flag. Yeah, um, awesome. You know, making it about the people. So yeah. that's I, I'm an ambassador for Run Rona, and yep. we've got the the uh, half marathon. So they've got a five, ten, five k, ten k, twenty one. Point one k and then forty two k. So how that's going to work is, I believe you run it here, don't I, you? Isolated, yeah. yeah. Isolate, so yeah. so I can. Um, so don't worry, people. He's not going to like you know run with fifty other people. <laughs> he's doing it on his own. I'm doing it on me on me Pat Malone. I'll yeah. actually I'll probably be doing it um, because I'm 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 doing a fair bit of work down in Wagga. Yeah. Um, yeah. With a, an out of home care org down there. Yeah. Um, and uh, the old man said he's going to do it with me. But oh, he, wow. Yeah, yeah, he's cool. just going to do it on, on, on his pushy. Yeah, yeah, nice. Um, and again, he's a 60-year-old man yeah. um, who's just come through cancer. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty inspirational. That is, yeah. But, um, but knowing Dad you, and, and anyone who knows my old man yeah. says, well, that's just him. That's him, yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah. yeah, so I'll do it and, and he'll... He'll be my support vehicle yeah. with uh, some Gatorades and, <laughs> and, the and snacks so and the gels yeah, and all that sort of stuff uh, to keep me going. Yeah, wow, that sounds awesome. Oh well, thank thank you, Joe. I think, um, mate, that's that's awesome, mate. I, I, I love I loved our chat because you know obviously we have we have that history as well, which is which makes it makes it good to go back and reminisce those times. And you know, a bit like a bit like you, mate. I could not even imagine pulling a pair of footy boots on right now. I don't I don't think my joints would hold up. My uh, my head tells me to. I was gonna. I was actually. I was actually gonna play this year. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I went. Oh, yeah. nah, you know. And yeah. then I started training for the marathon. And yeah. Um. I think knocks. Not the knocks. It. give me more. You know. Yeah. Hurt and damage than yeah. than than actual playing the game. I guess um, it's hard though because it's something you love doing, but you you know like it's like it's like bittersweet, isn't it? It's like <laughs> I want to do it, but I know I probably don't have the capabilities. Uh, you know. I had a couple of games uh, a couple of years ago. For the Grenfell Goannas, yeah, yeah, and uh, mate, I, the, after the first game I played for not playing for two years, I could not walk for oh, a week. Yeah, I, I, I can, can only imagine. I mean, the gym's hard enough for me, let alone having to strap a pair of boots on. Um, and yeah, I, I. I'd imagine a hamstring and a couple of Achilles tendons and things like that would be probably on the cards. <laughs> Man, I, I tell you though, but um, you know, one good thing about being in Dubbo is that it, it, it gets you on the ground with the people. Yeah, you know, I, I love that this this podcast is dedicated to to local people, uh, local local business and organisations, and um, you know, mentally and emotionally in the work that I do around mental health. Yeah, um, you know, I'm always available for people to chat with and yeah. connect with. Um, you know, here in the community. Yeah, so they can get in contact with you, Joe, probably through your Instagram, maybe. Is through my right? yeah, yeah, through my website, yeah. joewilliams.com.au. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. or my Instagram. Yeah, uh, joewilliams underscore t e w t for the yeah. e for enemy yeah. and w for 
within. So yeah. Joe, Joe Williams underscore T-E-W. Yeah, awesome. No, that's that's great, mate. Thank you so much. So, guys, that's Joe Williams today. Um, what an absolute pleasure it has been to have him on. Um, absolute legend and um, continuing to do that amazing work around mental health and awareness and also, you know, helping youth as well, which I think is amazing. Uh, and, you know, he's he's a very, very proud Aboriginal man and I love his take. Uh, and he, and also he's, uh, he, he, the, the way he speaks about his community and, and the way he's doing the best he can for his community as well. So thank you so much, Joe. All right, guys, well, that's it for us today. So that's episode four of The Mass Effect. Thank you for tuning in. You can check us out on our Instagram page at the, the Mass Effect podcast, one word, um, or you can hit myself up, Dave Hughes. So thank you very much, guys, and we will be back next week once again.